Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Are you juiced up for a little football? Did you get your appetite wet this weekend with NFL preseason? I am. That's the voice of the ref, Philip Pilkington, producing today's show. Ben Byron's here. Ben is a big overseer today, isn't he? He's the big executive today. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely in the managerial role. Ben will come up in a bottom-of-the-hour scenario. Who also, I think... Uh, We'll let Ben and Zoki uh, chop it up a little bit. They've become uh, boys. So we'll do that. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's Patrick Johnson here with you as we uh, say Philip Pilkington is producing today's show. Ben Byram, executive producing the show today. He'll also have an update for you coming up in a little bit. Uh, we've also got uh, intern Courtney in the house. So hello to you, intern Courtney. Everybody's uh, here. It's a uh, fresh week, and it is our uh, week where we really dig in uh, even more on our ECU coverage. Uh, Pirate uh, football holding their uh, Meet the Pirates and Media Day coming up this uh, weekend at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. We will be on Saturday from Town Bank Tower 1 until 3 with our uh, special Media Day coverage. Terrence Copper and myself will be there anchoring the coverage. Ben will be back in the studios providing uh, any updates on anything uh, should we need that, plus producing the show. Uh, our guy that's uh, producing today's show, the uh, ref, Philip Pilkington, will be uh, on site, too, providing some interviews. So we got a lot of support uh, that day, and we'll be uh, going live one to three. Wrap it all up with a, a pretty podcast. Anything that we can't get on the air interview-wise, we'll uh, get on uh, the podcast, which uh, you'll hear that afternoon on 943thegame.com or wherever you download your favorite uh, podcast. Panthers, uh, of course, yesterday uh, out of the gates with their first uh, broadcast or their first game. Uh, I thought Steve Smith was good on the broadcast. You guys watched it yesterday, uh, Philip. You and Ben did. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. We both agreed that he did a he did a really good job. I love Steve Smith on there. He 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 kind of elevated Bama Z a little bit. But I, I love me some Steve Smith on there. Uh, here's what I do know out of yesterday. We at least know who the number two is, right? Yeah, I think there's I'd... a number two that's been established pretty firmly in in Carolina. P.J. Walker looked a lot better than Will Greer, which doesn't surprise us. The only thing is he struggled a little bit in the red zone, and that's kind of been his uh, take throughout his career. Well, I love the deal where he wasn't supposed to snap the ball, uh, but still created a play through across his body and, and, and made a play and got a score. I mean, that, that's that's what you're going to get with him. So I think that was that was a highlight moment, although, you know, and I just I don't understand the Matt Rule thinking. Now, look, and I love Zoki, and Zoke's going to probably give us – I think Zoke will give us a pretty, you know, a pretty straight-up answer on this. But, I mean, I think what it says about Will Greer is obviously uh, what they had Will Greer doing speaks more about Will Greer's future than anything Will Greer uh, necessarily did in the game yesterday. Uh, but I just thought you're protecting a lead in a preseason game. Doesn't that seem Harry high school? I mean, the point of these is not to win them, right? Am I wrong on that? No, you're right. I I didn't understand it. You want to see what the guys can do. 
And now, obviously, in real game scenarios, which there you'd want to protect the lead, but still, a lot of these guys had not played much even yet because we were still rotating in. We had gone past the threes and kind of got to the fours. It's like, see what they can do. If we win, great. If we lose, whatever. But you got to just see what you got from each player. Don't try and worry about the score. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know how fair it was to Will Greer, but I mean, look, it's the NFL. It's not fair. It doesn't, uh, you know, this is business, but. You know, to have him come in and, and kind of run the plays they had him run late doesn't seem to be, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, we'll get Ben's thoughts on that coming up as well. Uh, we'll have Jim Zoki on in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. On this uh, Monday, uh, scrimmage for ECU football over the weekend. The defense seemed to be well ahead of the offense. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, both coordinators coming up, some uh, post-scrimmage comments from Coach Houston and others. Uh, but it was a, uh, a day where it seemed like they had to really battle the heat. You know, we have a good ha-ha on that, but uh, it really was a tough heat day for them, even in the morning. Uh, Holt Naylor's had a scoring drive, three of his six possessions, 14 out of 21, 56 yards. Uh, you know, had a four-yard toss there. They had some really cool and creative two-point opportunities, which uh, he converted on uh, there. That was pretty cool but it just seemed like that Holton was not able to go for any sort of deep balls it seemed more like that he was uh, having to check down a lot and and the defense was well ahead of the offense uh Philip you and Ben were there what what were some of the things you gleaned from it or some of the things you gleaned from the post game part of this well, I would say, yeah, definitely the defense won, and that's usually how it happens in a first scrimmage, um, really from lower levels at the high school level all the way up to the pro level. It always seems mm-hmm. like the defense gets up for that first scrimmage. I think they kind of know the offense's plays, and uh, it, it shows the first time. But, yeah, you would like to see him throw the football down the field a little more. Obviously, you got to run the every drive plays, but also you know that sometime is in a game you're going to have to throw the ball and score right now, and you would like to see that in a full 11-on-11 setting. Yeah, the defense, by all accounts, ahead. Jeremy Lewis uh, got a pick in that in that uh, scrimmage. So Jeremy Lewis, you know, I, look, coaches are looking at that with a a, a more uh, keen eye than than you know somebody who's just watching it. But you know, Coach Houston wanted to see a lot out of Jeremy Lewis. Well, he got got an interception, so I think that's a big play for him. Uh, Pop McKay. Look pretty good carrying the football. So, I, look, I, I think there's some weapons on here. They weren't able to get CJ the the ball very easily. Uh, Ford is the real deal uh, in the secondary. Uh, but I, it just seemed like that the guys on the defensive line and those edge rushers were getting and creating some issues where uh, the passing game was just not able to really get set up. And it, it did seem like they – ran the ball as much. But, you again, you don't know what they're working on. You don't know what particularly they went into the scrimmage wanting to work on. And that's part of the reason you have one of these. So uh, Mike Houston with some comments on that. We'll, we'll gear all of that up towards our pirate report later on. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Cam Burnett also uh, with a uh, scoring reception. So I, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Look, I, I think the thing is, and that has to be, you know, discussed and – uh, it's got to happen. There's got to be explosion plays of this ECU offense. Seemed like they weren't able to really get those going. Uh, but at this point, the offense, uh, everything that the offense is doing, the defense practically knows. They're, they're going against them every day. 
Uh, and we'll see, you know, I think there's one more scrimmage remaining in this preseason. I, I'm sure the offense will show a lot better uh, than they did, but it was encouraging to see uh, some of those guys on defense, particularly up front, who had, you know, maybe been considered question marks uh, head out and uh, make some plays seemingly in the scrimmage. And, and and we were there. We saw a little bit of it, but these are also from some other reports from people who kind of saw the whole thing in, in all disclosure. Uh, good to see Mike Cato as part of the ECU family. Cato, a uh, longtime staple in the golf community here in Greenville. Uh, Mike Cato is one of the best people you know. Mike's from Kinston, was at UNCW as a player, came back, was at Bradford Creek as the pro out there for years and years and years. And, and Mike has been uh, he's just a delightful guy, just a good dude. And I, and I love the hire by Kevin Williams on his golf team to make Mike Cato, who's a really great instructor in his own right, as the uh, as an assistant coach. So you've got really, um, not only does Kevin Williams have a ton of coaching experience, but you have two people that are considered two of the better golf instructors in North Carolina as, as coaches now for the ECU men's golf team. That's pretty big stuff right there. That's pretty heady stuff. Cato's a great dude. Uh, so it's great to have uh, both those guys in the purple and going. We'll get Cato in the studio. I always love to catch up with Mike. He's just a great guy to be around and a, good, a great friend uh, over the years. Big announcement today. Uh, and this was what was bandied about last week. Now, we were hearing all kinds of crazy, nonsensical, speculative thoughts on what exactly was going to happen in the upper deck. There, were, I mean, some of the stuff that I was being asked about or told about from people was just insane. Uh, really, really nutty stuff, what they were going to do with the upper deck. And it was announced today that ECU Athletics and the Pirate Club have entered a partnership with uh, the great folks at Bill Clark Homes, and they're launching the Pirate Heroes Initiative for the home opener September 11th against South Carolina. Bill Clark Homes making what is uh, termed as a significant donation to purchase the remaining upper deck tickets. So that's nearly 6,000 tickets. And that will allow ECU to distribute the tickets to individuals uh, who are first responders in the local community in the region. So your frontline workers, the aforementioned first responders, military members, healthcare workers, emergency medical workers, police officers, firefighters. Uh, so that'll be a big thing. And that'll help fill the, the stadium for the home opener against uh, South Carolina on September 11th. And that'll already be an emotional day. And, boy, you see all the stuff going on in Afghanistan right now. It's just heartbreaking to watch what's happening over there. And we're just weeks away from the 20th anniversary of the heinous 9-11 attacks. Uh, but, but for that day, we are hoping certainly for uh, a real patriotic spirit inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and this uh, generous deal from Bill Clark Holmes is the case. As I said, we hear it all kinds of crazy things, speculative things last week, and then, you know, got wind that this was going to happen today and I uh, didn't want to step on that announcement in any way. Uh, I think uh, tomorrow Lance Clark is going to be on with Henry and Trent on talk at the town tomorrow morning. I'm not sure what time he's going to be on. Uh, we, we will listen in on that and have some ears on that and uh, try to bring you some of that uh, audio for tomorrow. Uh, Johnny Bench was on the show today. It was actually recorded Sunday evening, and they aired it today. Uh, if time allows today, and I do want to get this in because there was a, another great initiative they were doing for uh, 
the troops uh, at the uh, golf course down there in Duplin County. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get into all of that a little bit later on as time allows here. That We might do that ahead of the pirate report, just uh, fill up for programming. Uh, as we begin our third segment, jump on that and then finish the hour with uh, a lot of ECU cuts in the pirate report. That's That might be the plan today. So this may roll into a three-segment show just uh, uh, organically today. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we got Jim Zoki coming up. Also tomorrow, Terrence Copper will be in the studio with us. So we're looking forward to having T-Cop. Uh, back on coverage this year, Pirate Football also uh, in the studio tomorrow for the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, let me see. Anything else that uh, jumps out? Is there anything else, guys, that I'm missing here? I know uh, we're getting down to kind of the nitty-gritty of the uh, finals and semifinals of the uh, Little League World Series for softball. Right now, at last check, the team from North Carolina – yeah, their game against Texas is in a rain delay, a weather delay, and it's going to start at the bottom of the hour. So that'll pick back up there. Uh, coverage will restart then uh, of that game. And then uh, New Jersey and Virginia tonight. The Virginia team is actually closer to Greenville than the North Carolina team. Uh, one semifinal for tomorrow at four has already been set. That's Missouri and Oklahoma. And I guess we're just waiting to see who wins between North Carolina and Texas and New Jersey and Virginia to determine who will play in the nightcap tomorrow. Uh, and these games are now shifting over to ESPN2. And then you have the consolation game on Wednesday at 1 and then the final at 5 o'clock on Wednesday on ESPN. So that's uh, that event that has continued to go on. They've dodged some weather over the weekend, and uh, they've done a fine job of uh, uh, keeping that uh, going. I think it was the New York team that uh, had to pull withdraw from the uh, event over the weekend because of uh, COVID and not being able to field a uh, team per Little League guidelines. All right, uh, let's break. Uh, ben will hop on with us as well. Jim Zoki, when we return from the Panthers Radio Network, they have Panther Talk tonight, 7 o'clock on 103.7 WTIB. Uh, you won't want to miss that. So we'll uh, have uh, Zoke on to talk about yesterday's uh, game on the other side of this break on this uh, Monday, kicking off a huge week on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? You want more? All right. On your flagship home of Pirate Basketball. 94.3 The Game at 943thegame.com. Tweet at us. <gasps> Three, the game. Oh, a friend. At P-Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 94.3 The Game and P-Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. All right, Ben Byron for the segment. Uh, we go to Jim Zoki here. Hey, Ben. Well, Zoki, hey, Ben. I like it. Uh... Jim Zoki, Carolina Panthers Radio Network. You, the photo you guys put up on social media, it looked like one of Mick's uh, garage bands yesterday. So, you there? Yeah. I can barely I'm hear here. you. I don't know if there's a phone connection, but can barely hear you. Talk louder, Patrick. All right, I'll talk louder. Uh, no, I. I allow you over there. Yeah, that uh, that picture of you guys yesterday in the booth, it looked like one of uh, Mick Mixon's garage bands, I thought. We are his garage band. We are absolutely his garage band. Not really so he's, prime time, but garage he, he's band the, quality. He's the drummer. What instrument would you play? I was trying to figure that out. Uh, I will play the uh, the wood blocks or maybe the okay. uh, 
triangle right. or something. Yeah. Oh, everybody needs more cowbells, you know. Uh, Elementary the school gr- stuff. Yeah, cowbells. <laughs> need more cowbells. The great Jim Zoki is on with us uh, here. All right, let me, uh, and we'll get you to elaborate, but just give me a, a couple takeaways from yesterday. Yeah, it looked like, you know, a preseason game with those starters in it, so a little <laughs> choppy at times. But, uh, you know, what's fun is, even though the plays weren't even run the way they were supposed to, like on the Tommy Trumbull touchdown, yeah, I like you know, seeing the, the, the rookies out there, and obviously you see uh, somebody like Shuba Hubbard with a 60-yard run, essentially, Terrace Marshall with a 60-yard catch. And uh, so it's fun seeing, you know, some kind of talent infusion from the draft from those three guys out there. And I thought, you know, P.J. Walker looked like he played well. And, again, it was a little freestyle out there, some stuff that maybe wouldn't work necessarily in a regular season game. However, uh, I thought, you know, he made the most of his time out there. And then you know, defensively, they got three sacks. They got three takeaways counting special teams. But, again, when you start with the second team and you kind of end with, you know, fourth teamers and things like that, it's, it's going to look – you know, a little off and a little choppy like it did yesterday. Is that why there was some just little small execution problems? I mean, there's that, I guess, the sign that uh, is uh, the don't beat ourselves sign uh, and that mantra yeah. that Matt Rule has put out there. Uh, but but yesterday it seemed like that those little execution things were maybe not uh, – we're not done in a way, even though it is preseason, the Panthers kind of took themselves out of some opportunities to win the game. Oh, yeah. When you fall start three times in a row for 15 yards, it'll take you out of a drive. And I felt bad for Will Greer you know, getting that opportunity with the deeper backups, not really having an opportunity to even lead some of those drives because of the penalties. But you know, to me, it probably bothers the players and the coaches more than, than it should us as fans and as announcers. Because, you know, by and large, you know, we talk about 90-man rosters that'll be cut to 53. You say oh, a lot of those yeah. guys won't even be here. Uh, but I understand as a coaching staff, you know, they coach everybody, and they expect everyone to be able to do their jobs correctly and potentially to be starters when there's injuries and other things going on. So I'm sure it bothers the coaching staff a lot that they have so many issues like that. All right. Uh, ben, I know he's got some questions for you, Zoe. Yeah, so the big one with me was why was there – why was the decision made to rest all the starters, especially when there's so many unknowns on the defense and offense and so many new pieces? And specifically, I'm thinking about J.C. Horn, who's a rookie, and especially at that corner position, that's a guy that needs to be playing every preseason game. What was up with that decision? I think you know, they, they're really looking at these back-to-back weeks of having two-day joint practice sessions with other teams, You know, last week with the Colts and this week coming up with the Ravens. That you know, They're using that time that they control a little bit more to get a lot of work in with their starters and, and, and kind of really use that as an evaluation. He essentially said the starters will play week three for sure of the preseason, and he won't announce till Thursday of this week what uh, what his plans are for this week. But, uh, you know, the Colts kind of basically did the same thing, honestly, and a lot of teams do that. I know Sean McVay with the Rams is notorious for not playing starters when there were four preseason games. So I think we're just seeing more and more this kind of walking on eggshells of teams trying to survive preseason and more or less make their final roster decisions on the back half of the roster to use the preseason games more for that. Go ahead, Ben. Something I found very puzzling, more so towards the end of the game, was the whole Troy Pride deal, not the injury or anything, but more so why was he still out there? Because that's a guy that you were talking last year was a starter and was getting a lot of reps, and now you're talking the third quarter or maybe the fourth quarter of a preseason game one of preseason and he's out there in the third quarter and late or early in the fourth quarter uh 
when this is a guy that usually plays a lot of valuable reps. Why was he out there in the first place? I get there's a lot of new pieces in the secondary, but you would think that would be a guy that probably should have been playing first, second quarter, or not playing at all. Yeah, I think you know, again they are deeper though, so I think and he's not a guy who's guaranteed a 53 man roster spot. So uh, we'll see. He had an MRI today. First of all, we'll see what the knee injury shakes out to be. Uh, but you know, yeah, somebody's got to play, uh, and so you, you still got to play four quarters of football <laughs> with somebody out there. And you know, Troy is a guy that, again, even though he was a mid-round draft pick last year, is is fighting for a roster spot right now. He's not guaranteed anything. So, uh, and, and Ben, I know he's got a couple more questions for you, so we'll let uh, him get to that here. But uh, Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, on with us. Uh, Carolina loses the uh, ex- the first exhibition game. Uh, next one coming up, Ravens. Uh, and it's a stretch of a bunch of games in Charlotte here for uh, the uh, Panthers. So that's a good deal. Uh, and uh, we got Panther talk tonight over on our sister station, 1037 WTIB. Zoke will be part of the uh, gang on that. Uh, you, you mentioned and Ben brought up, you know, a lot of questions on the defensive side. Did some guys along the defensive line yesterday maybe uh, earn themselves some opportunities potentially? You know, guy that stood out early was, you know, the starter is going to Marquis Haynes, who, of course, played last year and was a little bit mm-hmm. under the radar. But he had four sacks and two fumble recoveries last year as a rotational guy. So I think Marquis Haynes, if you had to kind of pick a star of the game, would have been that guy the way he played initially. He had that sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery play in the first quarter. So he played well. And, uh, yeah, I think overall, I think, you know, they got good pressure. I think uh, Yitor Grossmatos played well. He had a sack in the game. And, he battled COVID and injuries last year a little bit. So, again, these are two guys that will probably be your first two rotational guys beyond the starters, uh, which is, you know, Brian Burns. And you, you think of Hassan Reddick mm-hmm. as being an uh, edge guy, but, uh, you know, really Morgan Fox will be that, line, that defensive end spot and Reddick more as a linebacker. So it's good depth, obviously, when you see guys like that that can play that well. Oh, we got Jim Zoki with us uh, here. Uh, and, uh, you know, as, as far as, you know, back to the execution, particularly on the special team side of, of things at times, is, uh, what, what was said about that after the game? What were the thoughts about that after the game? You know, there's just uh, things that need to be cleaned up. You know, they, they like to go back and look at the tape and, and see why things were the way they were. You know, it just takes, like, a special teams, it just takes one guy to be in the wrong spot to right. kind of set the whole thing right. off. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, again, it, it was first game, they didn't have any preseason games last year, so for a lot of these young players, I mean, they really have had a lot of opportunity to show much of anything. So it's just it is what it is, right? Now. It's right. It's preseason games with deep reserves that are playing, trying to make roster spots. So again, it, you want the brand with the Panthers and any team to always be what you want it to be professional and, and good. I thought you know, by and large, I thought there were honestly a lot more good than negative things that came out of the game. I, I came out of it. I had all the false starts, which kind of put a damper on things, and he didn't win the game. But I, I thought there were a lot of things overall where it looked like the team played pretty well. Yeah. All right, Ben, what do you got? One guy I was particularly impressed with on the offensive line was the rookie Brady Christensen at right tackle. Um, I mm-hmm. especially loved him with pass blocking. I mean, he was a really good pass blocker, given there was a few slip-ups, but most of the time he was pretty reliable there. And his run blocking is so, so what's your personal assessment on Brady Christian? What was your assessment on the second string offensive line as a whole? I think, you know, with Brady in particular, you know, the, he's going to play on the right side. He was a left tackle in college. And I've just heard this from Jordan Gross on down. It's like night and day to move from right to left or left to right. It's not as easy as you think. Even for Taylor Moten, when he goes over to the left side, it's 
it's very comparable to like trying to suddenly start eating with a fork with your left hand and just and you have to start thinking differently and, and get the physical approach to it as well. So for Brady, I mean, it's going to be a learning curve for him to be over on the right side after three years over on the left side at BYU. Um, but I thought, you know, overall, I think, you know, the pass protection was, was good enough. Even though P.J. Walker was scrambling, I thought there were times he kind of took off early instinctively where maybe he didn't need to and could have hung in the pocket a little bit more. Uh, Will Greer, not so much. He didn't really have a, a lot of time to throw back there with the deeper reserve. So it was kind of a mixed bag as far as the overall play of the backup offensive line. All right, Ben, you got anything else? I got one more, one more. So, All right, buddy. So we talked about the uh, special teams earlier, and one guy, if if I were to pick like a biggest loser from the preseason game, I personally think it was Joey Sly. I get it. If you miss a 63-yarder, I'm not going to hold that against you. I mean, it's a 63-yarder for God's sakes. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, there was some really shoddy kind of made field goals, and then there was that really bad miss earlier on. What was your assessment on Joey Sly? And I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but is it possible that maybe his job's up for grabs? I don't know if there's any other kickers on the roster as it stands, but could they possibly be looking elsewhere before the season starts? Yeah, I think there's always you never stop looking and stop seeing what's around. So while there's not another kicker in camp competing with him, uh, you know, it doesn't take anything to have. Like, for example, the Colts had two pretty good kickers in their camp. Eddie Panero is battling over there with uh, – uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, you know, the loser of that, which probably would be uh, Panero, uh, would be available. So I think you would look at that. I think Joey Sly, they loved, obviously, the, the strength of his leg and the long kickoffs and the fact that he can kick long field goals. Uh, but uh, I think he's probably not that his job is in jeopardy right now, uh, but uh, certainly not set in stone for an entire season if uh, he can't kind of clean some things up and be more accurate altogether. Hey, uh, Zoke, just a side note here, and Ben, I'm sure you saw this. Jake Verity looked pretty good with the Ravens kicking the ball this weekend, speaking of Baltimore. More so. on that later. Yeah, more on that later. So uh, that's a guy that clearly is not going to make the Colts roster, but he's getting a world of experience uh, up there uh, with Ravens roster. You're right, my mistake. Uh, he's getting a world of experience with Baltimore right now, uh, learning from one of the best in the game. Uh, we got Jim Zoki with us here. So, you know, it, it, the decision, and you, uh, you've gone into this a little bit about not to, to start, you know, the first-string guys. I know they got a lot of reps in good on good in the practices with Indianapolis last week, so that kind of uh, was a lot of work that they got in. But, you know, fans who maybe aren't 100% sold on Sam Darnold, they're looking at what Justin Fields did, and, you know, Twitter was going crazy on that. I mean, the, the, and you've alluded to this here in this conversation here, Zoke, Essentially, it's, you know, let's relax. This isn't going to determine what the next six months are going to look like. But, I, I you know, I, I understand the angst of, for Panthers fans and guys like Ben and, and the ref uh, that, you know, we didn't see Darnold at all uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, then you see Justin Fields, you know, looking pretty good out there. Uh, what would be your message to those that are kind of worked up right now? Uh, well, we don't know. Is answer? We don't know. We don't know until we see Dan, uh, Sam Darnold out there playing at games that matter. And you know, even preseason action wouldn't really prove much. And you'd like to see him, and we will see him obviously for some preseason action. But I mean, they've they've really kind of I, I keep using this phrase kind of ride or die with Sam Darnold. And uh, you know, they they've, they've got confidence in him, and they've got him for the next two years under contract. Uh, they they along with Denver both passed on Justin Fields, and uh, he fell to Chicago at eleven. So I think, you know, that's going to be you know a fair thing for people to speculate and, and wonder about. 
Uh, really, I think J.C. Horn will be a good football player, which was a pick they did mm-hmm. make in that spot. But as far as quarterback mm-hmm. goes, you know, Darnold's going to have to uh, show that he's better than he was in New York for three years. And he's got, you know, the, the coaching thing that was around him. He's got, honestly, a lack of skill players that were around him in New York. He's got definitely more of that here than he had in New York. Uh, but he's got to show it. And he's got to prove it. And uh, so we'll, we'll all find out together. I can't sit here today and say, He's going to be great because we got to see it in games that matter, and that'll just play out over the course of the fall to see how he does. Is it safe to say, though, that the number two spot is pretty well solidified, or do you think it's still up for grabs? I think it's still up for grabs uh, just because Will Greer didn't really get a, a fair shake in this game. He didn't get on the field last year. But I will say, you know, the fact that they went to P.J. as their second guy last year and that P.J. accounted for himself pretty well yesterday, yeah. uh, I would mm-hmm. certainly have had to sit here and make a – uh, an assumption it would be that the PJ is ahead of Will Greer at this point, and I'll be interested too if they'll keep three this year. Last year they did. A lot of teams keep two quarterbacks, uh, especially when you don't have um, a quarterback competition for starting. So you always uh, would keep one on the practice squad with sixteen guys for sure. Uh, but as far as the active roster goes, it may be that it comes down to only one of those two guys will make it. And right now, I'd have to say PJ Walker's got to be in the lead over Will Greer to this point. All right, I got two more questions for you. One. Uh, what's happening on Panther Talk tonight? We will for sure have Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer, and uh, I know we'll have uh, Daquan Jones because I interviewed them as all loaded and ready to go. <laughs> you know, we used to do these live shows where we'd have people come by live and see it. We'd have live guests, but uh, especially with training camp going on, it's, it's pre-recorded interviews, and you'll have me and uh, Mick and uh, Eugene Robinson. Last question for you: Are you are you are you uh, upset, discouraged that you ended up being able to hear all the questions after we asked them? Tell the truth, Zoke. Would you have rather gone I, back to not being able to hear us? Tell the truth. I I, I enjoyed the Ted Nugent cat scratch fever, um, but that was all I was hearing <laughs> at the initial part. I'm sure it sounded right on the radio, oh. but over the phone, the, the mix was oh. was drowning you out. So okay. I don't know if you needed to talk louder or if Ted needed to play quieter. I think Uncle Ted needed to play a little quieter. Is what I think. In, in yeah, because you kind of got the booming voice. I mean, you're not exactly you know a wilting flower. You you come out, you got you know you're projecting pretty well. And I'm not really even screaming like a lunatic on this thing. So this, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> you saved that, that. For the, the second half of the show, right? Right. We save that for other times. Um, hey, great to talk to you. Uh, Zoke will be joining us Mondays throughout the season. Uh, and uh, we'll catch up with him next Monday and uh, after uh, preseason game two is in the books. Uh, great job, Ben, there, and uh, great job, Zoke. Appreciate it very much. Appreciate it. Real quick, by the way, for your ECU fans who didn't see it, Blake Prohl got released by uh, the Vikings today, and obviously it was at ECU uh-huh. last year for you guys in the skip to senior season, but hopefully he'll catch on somebody else's camp. Yeah, I think Ben has that coming up as well, but uh, – Thank you for the preview on that. We appreciate it. Uh, Sorry, my soul bent thunder on that one. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. No big, no big whoop. Okay. All right. All right. You, you got to take that up with Ben. I, I don't have anything to do with that. That's between you and B Baby. No, I, I can't deal with B Baby right now. We got to go to break. <laughs> you have a B Baby beef time. going on, potentially. All right. Thank you, Zoke. <laughs> uh, ben, did, <laughs> ben, did, do we have a B Baby beef? Did he steal your thunder there? I don't. I, Maybe. I don't know. But it's fun. I think you made my job a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you looked at that, Ben. That's a good way to look at that. All right. Uh, we got Ben uh, with an update here, including the Blake uh, Prol news, but uh, also some other things going on. And uh, 
uh, a fellow teammate of uh, parole having a big weekend, as we mentioned with Jake Verity. Uh, boy, he's he's getting a great. You talk about a master class in kicking, Ben. He's it's a play by a one of the all-time class. greats. <laughs> I know. I mean, what's so he? I mean, he's not going to make the team. You and I both know that. But he's going to maybe catch on somewhere else because he's going to learn a lot of things during this preseason from Tucker. I mean, it's it's amazing. Well, I like the All quote right, my uh, friend the ref here. I mean, 31 other teams in the preseason are looking at him, so I would think he's going to end up well, on a roster somewhere. Maybe the Panthers. You know, I would love to have him. Well, see, here's what I'm, uh, I'm going to say about that. There's There seems to be a hesitancy, and I don't want to kill uh, Zoke here, but this, this myth that Sly is this – automatic should be the guy i'm with you on that yeah i don't think I so just, i see a lot of cracks in that in that facade there i really do i gave him a break last year but i think back to last year and there were so many just points left on the field because he was yeah well missing, there were points like, yesterday shots. left on exactly yeah. yeah there were points yesterday yeah. left on the now not, not all of it is his fault there's some execution yeah in some of it but i mean there, there's points that he he is left on the field and continues to. And I'm not going to hold a 63-yarder against him, but there was a few chip no. shots where it's like, come yeah. on, dude, that should be right down the middle. Like, what are you doing here? Why are you? How are you even pro? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that's a spot that they're always looking, as we know, the kicking spot. But uh, good, good, good on Jake Verity, and let's hope that uh, Pro can can latch on elsewhere. All right, um, let's uh, let's. Uh, Grab a uh, well. Let's get Ben to do an update here. Then we'll come back and finish off everything with a big pirate report. Ben, what you got for us? Thanks, Patrick. Plenty going on in ECU football. We start with them holding their first preseason scrimmage on Saturday inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. ECU head coach Mike Houston spoke about what really stood out to him on Saturday. I just I thought that. Uh, D-line, linebacker, I mean, I just thought really, really aggressive uh, from the very first snap. A lot of energy, a lot of physicality right there, and, and played very, very well. So I think that's, that's the one that stands out the most. Um, pleased, with our, pleased with our young kickers. Uh, I think we were 7 of 7 on the day in a, in a variety of extra points slash field goals. So that's, uh, that's positive. I thought both punters hit the ball well. Speaking of ECU football, former kicker Jake Verity really showed out in the Ravens preseason 17-14 and went over the Saints Saturday night. The undrafted free agent and pirate all-time leading scorer drilled a 42-yarder in the second quarter then bombed a 53-yarder to go a perfect 2-for-2 two two on field goals for the night. And earlier today, it was announced that Bill Clark Holmes made a significant donation buying 6,000 6, upper-deck tickets for the September 11th home opener against South Carolina. The seats will be reserved for health care workers, emergency medical personnel, police officers, and firefighters. ECU men's golf made a new hire, Mike Cato, as their new assistant coach. Cato serves the golf operations manager and head pro at Bradford Creek in Greenville for 18 years. Moving on to the Carolina Panthers' second-year corner, Troy Pride Jr. got hurt late in yesterday's 21-18 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. According to Panthers.com's Darren Gant, the current word is that he suffered some kind of knee injury and that he'll most likely be out long-term. From Little League Softball World Series right here in Greenville, South Orangetown, as also known as New York, had to be removed from the tournament due to a COVID outbreak that affected enough of their players to the point where they could not even field a team of nine. In the meantime, we do have some softball finals from earlier today. We're getting down to business with a few elimination games. Missouri eliminated and shut out Nevada, Nevada 4-0. Oklahoma did the same exact thing to Arizona with the same exact final score, 4-0. 
Oklahoma and Missouri will meet in the semifinals tomorrow. North Carolina will set to battle Texas as we speak, but that game is currently in a rain delay and set to start at the bottom of the hour. And wrapping up from the NBA, Orlando Magic rookie Jalen Green will miss the rest of the summer league to, to a left bump sprain. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. I'm in Barm. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. We want more. Like, you really like it. You want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Game, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar, that's what I like. With today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Uh, We have uh, ECU coverage this week, beginning Saturday, 1 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game. It will be our ECU Media Day show. We'll be originating from Town Bank Tower, have uh, coaches' comments, also assistant coach interviews and player interviews. Uh, Glad to be back bringing you that coverage this year. So tune in, 94.3 The Game, 94.3thegame.com, Saturday, 1 until 3. Our uh, crew is uh, excited, roaring, and ready to go. Uh, let's uh, get uh, to our cut sheet here, the vast roster. Let's start with uh, Coach Houston and his reaction to the uh, scrimmage on Saturday. Cut one. First scrimmage is in the books for the fall, and uh, you know, saw a lot of good stuff. Uh, I, I think I saw you know a lot of improvement movement-wise from us, which is what you know you've kind of been seeing in practice, but it's good to see it out here in this setting. And the great thing about this setting is, you know, all of a sudden, coordinators aren't standing right there with the players. You know, everybody's not, uh, you know, huddle around, you know, practice tempo. All the officials are out there. There's a play clock. You know, the, the play matters. You know, you got to play everything, you know, live spot. And so it changes everything, especially for the younger uh, players that haven't, uh, you know, haven't played a lot. So I thought our experienced guys handle everything pretty well. Uh, but just you cannot recreate that environment. So great day for us. Uh, came out injury-free. Uh, so that's, you know, I'm always happy when that happens and, you know, they'll, they'll all get their butts chewed this afternoon in film and, and get corrected. Uh, but you know, this next week's a huge week for us because the improvement we make between right now and next Saturday is going to be critical because after next Saturday, we're all app state. So big week coming up. Yeah. That's when the uh, pirates will scrimmage again. And that'll also be tied in with meet the pirates and uh, media day. So big day Saturday for the uh, football program. Uh, we noted that the defense in the scrimmage well ahead of the offense. This was Coach Houston's assessment of the Pirate offense on Saturday. Offensively, well, I mean, I thought Holton did some really good things, um, and I, that's it's always it's always good to have a quarterback playing well. Um, really want to look at the film uh, to, to get a to really get a real gauge on anybody else. I thought we had some other receivers besides our our primary ones step up today, uh, but really want to take a look at the film before we comment too much. 22-second cut here upcoming as the Pirates were without number 22 on Saturday. Tyler Sneed. Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, I think whether it's the return game or our offense, you know, Sneed is, you know, Mr. Reliable. And so uh, I do think it's good for us to play without him today. Uh, he got some other returners some work today and saw some good things there. Got some other receivers playing in the slot and saw some good things there. So uh, be glad when he's back out here, uh, you know, next week. But uh, it was good to work today without him. All right, the uh, kickers on Saturday, how did they perform, uh, Coach Houston, with that assessment? Because they're consistently hitting kicks. It's going, I mean, it's going to be challenging because Owen 
you know, got some experience last year, but it's such a tight competition right now. And the problem is all three of them are hitting it decent. So you got to try to get them all enough kicks to where they have an opportunity. But uh, I've just been really positively surprised by the fact that the competition is tight, and it's tight for good reasons. It's not tight because we're shanking it all over the place. It's tight because they're consistently hitting kicks. All right, uh, Mike Houston on how today's uh, or how Saturday's practice and scrimmage went overall. I think much better than past year's first scrimmages, uh, you know, since my time here at East Carolina, um, but not what we're capable of. So I think uh, good and bad. Uh, you know, we you know, took a lot of time Saturday evening and yesterday with the film uh, and really, you know, spent a lot of time as a staff looking at, you know, the things that we've really got to improve on this week. Um, this week's a big week special teams wise uh, and we'll finish our install defensively this week and uh, offensively we just really got to clean up our execution. All right, that was his assessment today of the scrimmage Saturday. Uh, he started with his thoughts on how to, this morning's practice went. Cut six. You know, had a full, full padded practice. Uh, sun came out, and it was a it was a hot one this morning. Uh, you know, I thought the kids uh, that that it really tested us there. You know, first uh, first half of practice, but I thought they really responded. Had a very spirited and competitive team period at the end. Finished with a a live red zone competition. Uh, and just really competed well right there. So, uh, you know, pleased with our first day back after the scrimmage on Saturday. We'll see if we get to this uh, comment. There's a lot of discussion, and Donnie Kirkpatrick talks about it as far as the backup quarterback competition goes. Uh, this is uh, Coach Houston earlier today on uh, how that competition is sizing up right now. Well, I think they've improved. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they're not uh, not to the level of our starter yet, but uh, they're, they're improving, I think. You know, Mason has probably, you know, stepped ahead of the others right now. Um, I think uh, Ryan Stubblefield's coming along. So, um, you know, Alex has gotten a lot of reps. Uh, so I think that's, you know, mainly those guys competing for that two spot. Uh, but, you know, this is a big week for them too. You know, they got, uh, they got some reps with the ones today, um, and I th which I think that's important now at this point in camp. Uh, you know, we, Holton's had a good camp. Uh, he's an experienced guy. Uh, we need to get the get the next guy ready, you know, to you know to have a solid backup. Uh, it's today's pirate report here on the PJ Show, uh, Ref. We often talk about, and I'm sure you've heard this: the rooms. I'd like to know about the rooms. You know, what I'm speaking to there: the rooms. We got the running back room, right, Ben? Uh, the tight end room. Let's go there, Coach Houston, on that tight end room. I, I think yes, but I think there are other guys that have um, shown that they're going to be, you know, very reliable. Also, uh, you know, Ryan Jones had a great practice today. He made he made a play today that I've been waiting on him, to, on him to make. You know, he's a big, athletic guy with a lot of power and a lot of speed, uh, and he, you know, he had had some plays in practice today and one during the team period that was just very impressive. So, yes, I think Shane has shown that he can be, you know, an every down starting tight end and a really good one in this league. Uh, but I think he's not the only one in that room. Uh, you know, Aaron uh, Jarman has battled just a little bit of uh, bumps and bruises here the last week, so he's he's coming back, and um, I think he you know he's going to be a guy that can contribute heavily. Uh, I think Zach Bird has had a decent camp so far, and just really want to see him continue to uh, improve. And so now all of a sudden, with those guys, Brian Gag, I mean, you have a very very deep room right there. I love the rooms. Love the room talk. Um, Speaking of uh, Shane Calhoun, uh, this was Holton Naylor's. Let's go to cut 11 here, ref. 
Uh, Holt Naylor's talking about uh, Calhoun and his ability to be the best tight end in the American. Yeah, Shane, I mean, I, I was talking to him yesterday or two days ago. I mean, I think he's the best tight end in our conference. I mean, I think he'll go out and show that this year. There's nothing he can't do. Um, I mean, he can catch, he can block, he's fast, he can he can go one-on-one with, with these safeties and make plays. And, I mean, I trust him a lot. I mean, he's young, but, I mean, he can make any play that any tight end in the nation can make. Let's stick with uh, that thought here. This is uh, Shane Calhoun from Saturday, uh, cut 14, his evaluation of his uh, performance so far through camp and on Saturday during the first scrimmage. Yeah, um, it's a lot different than last year. We had uh, three guys, but now we have six, seven guys. So, you know, everyone has their own different skill sets. So Coach Scott is putting us in the best positions to help the team as much as we can. More about a room, ref. Here we go. The tight end room, according to Shane Calhoun. Yeah, um, it's a lot different than last year. We had uh, three guys. Uh, I think I'm making strides. Um, I think I have more of a role this season compared to the last season. And I think I'm, I'm just doing the most to make an impact on this team coming forward. All right, so some comments there from Shane Calhoun. Uh, let's flip back, uh, Philip, and let me know when you're ready here. Uh, cut 10. Uh, back to Holt Naylor's. He'll give you a little bit of uh, a performance assessment from himself. Uh, cut 10 on Saturday's scrimmage. Holton uh, was uh, 21 of 14 for 56 yards in the scrimmage. Uh, and we got that cut ready to go. Let's uh, hear it from uh, Holton Naylor's here in three, two, one. I thought it went good. I mean, any first scrimmage, you're going to have things that you got to um, fix and stuff like that. But, I mean, the team was physical. Um, we played a lot of energy, just a lot of learn from, watch the film, and get better for next week. All right. Um, what do we got time-wise, uh, guys? Give me an idea there. We'll determine where we go next. I think uh, the Blake Harrell and Donnie Kirkpatrick stuff might uh, make its way on the show tomorrow uh, when we have Terrence Copper in here. Uh, let's hear from uh, Miles Berry, uh, junior linebacker. Uh, Miles Berry, inside backer. And uh, this were these were some of his comments after the scrimmage. He talked about how this defense and uh, how everybody's getting better every day. Cut 12. Focusing on the main signal caller is the main thing. Um, you know, if you know the plays, if you know your assignment, it shouldn't be really much of a dis- difference. But I feel like they did a great job. Uh, one thing that uh, we saw Saturday, obviously, and this was new for the young guys, the older guys do remember uh, are, are familiar with this. But, you know, Mike used to made this comment. I think we aired it on Friday, Ben, that, you know, the, the point of the scrimmage is you're not going to be able to have – the coach is down there to correct what you do after the play. you got to get back in the huddle and, and go. And uh, so Miles Berry talked about that, guy, the young guys in particular, adapting to not having coaches on the field. Focusing on the main signal caller is the main thing. Um, you know, if you know the plays, if you know your assignment, it shouldn't be really much of a dis- difference. But I feel like they did a great job. All right. Uh, can we get into this Malik Fleming cut? Let's do that. Uh, he talked about uh, the pirate defense forcing turnovers. In the scrimmage. That went great. We matched the hands a couple of times with the quarterback, knocked some balls down. Uh, Jeremy Lewis had an interception. And he knocked it down and he followed it. So I think we did pretty good with the turnovers. Yeah, Jeremy Lewis, uh, uh, great to see him showing out on defense at the scrimmage. I, I think just his natural athletic ability, uh, that makes him a great player in that position. He could have a big year for ECU. We'll grab a break. We'll come back, wrap things up, get you ready for tomorrow. Uh, Pirates, of course, entering the third week of the preseason this week, and we've got you covered from stem to stern, including our media day show on Saturday. Deets on that on the other side. 
videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. At U.S. Cellular, we believe everyone should get more of the latest 5G technology for less of your hard-earned money. Right now, everyone can get a free smartphone, whether you're a new customer or not with no trade-in or hidden fees. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply to uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. Atavola in Greenville is your local marketplace. Atavola offers diverse menu selections, casual lunches, and family meals ready to go. At Atavola, they specialize in the creative use of fresh ingredients, seasonal menu selections, and fun culinary creations from the kitchen that will satisfy even the pickiest taste buds. Treat yourself to lunch or dinner today at Atavola, and make sure to join them the second Wednesday of every month for their free wine tastings. Atavola Red Banks Road in Greenville. Attention business owners and management, Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and Newbern is here for you. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs. Whether you're a contractor, a manufacturing company, or if you just need janitorial or clerical work for your business. Roebuck Staffing also does temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Roebuck Staffing is your trusted partner for all of your staffing needs and employment opportunities. Call Roebuck Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at roebuckstaffing.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. It was decided today by the Pitt County Board of Education that masks will be mandatory inside schools on school buses effective tomorrow for uh, Pitt County schools. I wanted to work that in. All right, uh, great job today by our uh, crew. Great job by the ref, Ben Byram, uh, intern Courtney. Great job all around. Thanks to Jim Zoki for being on with us. We'll hear from the coordinators tomorrow on our Pirate Report, and we also are updating those for you daily uh, on 94.3 The Game, the flagship of the Pirates, and uh, on 107.9 WNCT on Fridays, also the flagship of the ECU Pirates. Okay, a uh, 23-hour break. We'll be back tomorrow. Terrence Copper. T-Cop in the house. He's got a new podcast that he's going to be a part of. We'll tell you about that, get his thoughts on the season. T-Cop's kid had a catch in the uh, scrimmage. Terrence Jr. running with the twos. Uh, Don't forget, our uh, Media Day show will begin at 1 o'clock Saturday. We'll be at Town Bank Tower. You can hear the thing in its entirety here on 94.3 The Game. Also, 107.9, or excuse me, 94.3thegame.com. All right, uh, we'll be uh, back at it tomorrow. Five o'clock, Patrick Johnson Show.